Welcome to Family Business Today, where we feature prominent local and national family business owners. We also talk to top family business experts to discuss relevant topics, including communications, business culture, family relationships, succession, and estate planning values, as well as conflict resolution. Brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business, I'm your host, Greg Lewis. Our guest today is Ben Grossman of Grossman Marketing Group. Grossman Marketing Group was founded as Massachusetts Envelope Company in 1910 by Maxwell Grossman, whose lifelong dream was to own his own business. Now, 111 years since its founding, Ben Grossman, along with his brother David, are the fourth generation of family leadership. Today, the company is a full-service resource helping clients with a broad range of traditional and digital marketing needs. Ben Grossman holds a BA from Princeton University and an MBA from Columbia Business School. Prior to Columbia, Ben worked as a strategy consultant to Fortune 500 clients, as well as started and sold a sportswear and marketing firm. Well, good morning, Ben. Good morning, Greg. Hey, I am so glad you could join me this morning for this edition of Family Business Today. I've really been looking forward to interview to learn more about the Grossman Marketing Group, which is, wow, 111 years old. I'm sure you have some interesting insights on what it's like to be the fourth generation of a successful family business. Greg, I'm honored to be with you today. I'm really excited to share our family business story, and I've just been uh, following you from afar and uh, tuning into Family Business today, and I'm really uh, thrilled to be with you this morning. Thank you. Oh, great, Ben. Well, I think, you know, you always start in the beginning. So first of all, tell us a little bit about your family business, Grossman Marketing Group, uh, who all in your family is involved in it, and what your personal role is in your family business. Grossman Marketing Group is a fourth generation, 111-year-old family business. It was founded by my great-grandfather, Max Grossman, in 1910 as Massachusetts Envelope Company. Our, um, we go by the name Grossman Marketing Group now in recognition of the fact that we do a lot of different things in a lot of different states. But uh, the origin story is Max Grossman was an immigrant from Eastern Europe, uh, second youngest of nine children. He left school at an early age to help support his family, like a lot of, uh, a lot of immigrants did at the time and, 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 and continue to do. He left school at an early age, and his first job was shining shoes in the East Boston Ferry Docks. And then he got a job as a delivery boy for an envelope company in Boston mm. and started doing some selling for them, realized he had a talent for it, and got some credit from a supplier to start Massachusetts Envelope Company in 1910. The business was in the envelope product space, largely for the first couple generations of the business, uh, Max Grossman, and then his two sons, Edgar, my grandfather, and Edgar's brother, Jerry. Um, and then my dad, Steve Grossman, joined the business in the late 60s out of Harvard Business School, was at the business for a few years, then left to get some outside experience at Goldman Sachs, and came back and um, bought out his uncle, Jerry, and became 50-50 partners with his father, Edgar, my grandfather. Um, my dad's two sisters also joined the business um, over time as well, uh, but the business has evolved quite a bit and now we're an integrated provider of marketing services. So 
The largest uh, business line of ours is branded merchandise, so logo products. We run uh, e-commerce programs for companies all across the country and around the world. Uh, we have a graphic design agency as part of our business. We're still very much in the print and direct mail business. And then we do a lot of experiential marketing programs as well. Wow. Wow. That's, that's awesome, Ben. Well, uh, you know, uh, certainly um, uh, marketing and things have gone a lot f uh, far away from just the plain uh, white envelope and the letter in the mail, but it's great to see your, your family and both your family and your company have been able to transition well uh, throughout the decades. And so we'll get into that a little bit later, but you know, I, I thought it was interesting that uh, uh, like a lot of us who have worked in our family businesses uh, over the years, we actually didn't start in the uh, family business. Uh, I know from reading about your background, you were a successful strategic consultant in Fortune 500 companies. So. Was it your long-term plan to return to your family business? Uh, how did that happen? After college, I worked in strategy consulting for IBM, uh, working, like you said, with large external clients as well as internal clients. I've always been interested in technology and business strategy. I also had an opportunity to start and uh, sell a small business. Uh, I started in college and sold it post-college. And so I've always been interested in entrepreneurial ventures as well. I left uh, the consulting world to get my MBA at Columbia. And while I was at Columbia, I thought there was a pretty good chance that I would join my family business, which at the time mm -hmm. was about a 95-year-old business. My brother, David, had recently joined the business a few years prior as the first member of the fourth generation. Mm -hmm. So when I went through all my courses, I looked at everything through the lens of how could this help our family business. But I mm -hmm. also wanted to expose myself to other industries that I was particularly interested in. I did a part-time internship for a venture capital firm during my first year in the program. And then I also uh, did a summer program at Goldman Sachs in their investment management division. And I had the opportunity to go back full-time, uh, which I uh, turned down. Uh, to join my family business. So I, and then I, I also explored some other entrepreneurial ventures too, sure. but I ultimately want, I, I was ultimately most excited about the opportunity to join my brother and my dad in helping to steer and steward a fourth generation family business going through a period of uh, dramatic change, both inside the organization, as well as in the industry and the economy overall. And it was certainly a privilege to have the opportunity to join the business. Uh, I actually joined the business about 15 years ago and uh, have never looked back. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, let's, let's talk about that dramatic change just a little bit. How did working somewhere else before joining the family business really benefit you and your family business? It's really important in family businesses for next generation members to get outside experience. We don't have specific bylaws in place as of right now requiring a specific amount of years of outside experience, but it's critical to understand how different companies operate, how different people manage their companies, what are best practices that you can, uh, that you can take away from those experiences and bring back to your family business, which is often a smaller business, relatively speaking, to mm -hmm. the 
other organizations mm. that um, you had exposure to. It's mm. it's something that 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 outside experience and exposure we feel like is critical. And ultimately, my my brother and I we run our business now, and we're co-presidents of the company, and we've agreed that any member of uh, the potential fifth generation, should they be interested in working with us, will need to have some type of outside experience before joining Grossman Marketing Group. Okay. So what you're saying, it, it's maybe not necessary uh, 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 for someone to not come directly back into the business from school or whatever, or just come into the business, uh, but uh, it is very beneficial to that next generation to get that experience of working for someone else and probably for someone else in a company that's much larger than yours so that you can bring back some of those skills from them. So, well, and, and, and just to add to that, it doesn't yes. have to be a much larger business. It could also be startup businesses too. Okay. Um, but get, being a good listener, being good at observing and learning, is is really is really important and although getting that outside experience isn't a requirement in the way that getting going to medical school is a requirement uh to becoming a doctor it's highly beneficial and highly recommended Mm. good good well so uh certainly there's a difference in uh working in uh, another family, uh, another larger business, or even in being involved in another startup business. But how is running a family business different than running any other kind of business? Well, I th- my brother and I talk about this from time to time. Uh, sometimes there's, there's a lot of pressure, you know, there, there's a little more pressure inherent with having multiple family members involved with the family business, you know, as the overall health and well-being of and financial well-being of your larger family group depends on your performance and the success of the company. So there's certainly financial pressure there. Um, but then also being able to make success, successful transitions from say the boardroom to the dinner table is mm-hmm. really important. Growing up, uh, my my family tried to teach us a lot about uh, experiences in other family businesses where uh, there where, where families were torn apart by by conflict within the business. Mm-hmm. And you know, so I remember back when I was a child, my father sitting my brother and I down and sharing with us articles from the Boston Globe about the Berkowitz family and legal seafood. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was a situation where the patriarch of the family basically pitted his two sons against one another to run the company. And it ended up destroying the relationship between the family because one of the sons was essentially aced out and his father essentially tossed him out of the business. And it was a very acrimonious family split. And although legal seafood was successful for quite some time, Mm At the end of the day, nothing's more important than your family relationships, and it's and and what our our family and our dad and our grandfather always taught us was that really nothing in business was important enough to risk jeopardizing, uh, you know, those family bonds. 
Yes, yes. Well, let's let's go a little bit deeper about the uh, this uh, centennial uh, uh, success that your family's had over a hundred years. I know there's all kinds of statistics out there that only four percent of family businesses successfully make it to the fourth generation beyond. What what's made your family business a centennial success? That we've never ever take anything for granted. So you mm -hmm. need to be willing to adapt to ever-changing business environments and conditions and resist the urge to potentially become complacent after years of success. Um, you know, regardless of how successful you or your family have been over the years, you must recognize that markets can change and that you must always remain responsive to customer needs. You know, I certainly, one thing I certainly remember from growing up was that my dad and grandfather, they always talked about the customer and what differentiated the company was their incredible customer service. They, they took so mm -hmm. much pride in just how, you know, they had a saying of just try to make us say no. And they took so much pride in, in their excellent service levels. It's sort of like how Zappos doesn't say they're a shoe company. They say they're a service company. Service company, yeah. And uh, that's been a hallmark of, you know, this organization from its founding. And, you know, they, they pull us aside and give us lessons on serving the customer and dealing with a situation and a problem if it arose on a weekend or on a Friday night or whenever it happened. It was all about servicing customers and keeping them happy. You know, we have a great reminder of this. We found, my brother and I found in our archives a piece of direct mail that our great-grandfather, Max, had sent out in the 1930s and the the slogan on the piece said quote our prices make friends our service keeps them end quote <laughs> and uh, we, we found that piece and we actually blew it up into a big uh four by eight uh, <laughs> piece of uh, art actually on the wall sure, in one of our sure. conference rooms and we try to stick to that today sure Sure. That's that. Well, great story, but it's all about customer service. It hadn't changed in a hundred years or 200 years or 500 years. It's all about customer service. Well, and it's about customer service and just being willing to adapt to ever-changing business yeah. environments. So, yeah. you know, if we had just remained purely in the envelope business or the print business, <laughs> I don't think it would have been an attractive opportunity for me and my brother to join. But, sure. you know, as we've evolved into one of the leading uh, branded merchandise agencies in, in North America, and uh, building out our e-commerce programs and custom developing highly complex uh, e-commerce and custom, you know, development environments for clients, it's really exciting. And it's allowed us, um, whereas other print businesses, the internet might've, hurt their business. For us, it helps our business. Great, great. Well, um, you talked a little bit about, about the talents, your uh, experience of your, you and your brother. And, uh, and we've talked in past podcasts about the importance of, of really of family businesses uh, to realize the talents of not only uh, family members, but those who are not family members that are working in the business. Talk, talk just a little bit about how your family helped you and your brother, who are, as you just told us, are both co-presidents of the co company, cultivate your talent 
uh, for the family business? So in a lot, some family businesses have a challenging time creating environments where different viewpoints are welcome because in those businesses, oftentimes uh, people might have opinions, but ultimately the owner makes all the decisions. And especially in this day and age, you want uh, people, regardless of whether they're a member of the family, to be willing to speak their mind and share their ideas, even if they disagree with you as management. Because without creating an environment where different ideas are welcome, you could get stale and you could be stunted in your growth and development. I'd like to share a story, if I could, of something that my brother and I did to try to create that just such an environment. Mm. Um, you might have heard of a HR review process that companies use mm -hmm. where they sure. review employees using a start, stop, continue review of individual employees where you, know, you, you review John or Joan and you ask their colleagues, what should John or Joan start doing? What are they not doing that could be beneficial to, the, to their performance? Mm -hmm. What should they stop doing, i.e. what is detrimental to their performance? Mm -hmm. And what should they continue doing? So reinforcing the positives. We actually flipped that on its head. And when we started at the business, we asked every employee, regardless of the role that they served in, to do a start, stop, continue review of Grossman Marketing Group. And so actually, I, I, I found the memo that my brother and I actually sent out to our colleagues back or right after we took over the business a little over 10 years ago. And what we wrote to people was the following. We wrote, we spent a great, great deal of time, effort, and energy over the past few months discussing the strategic direction of Gross and Marketing Group. And we'd love to have an in-depth conversation with each and every one of you, as you are the individuals who make this company run on a daily basis. Whether you've been here one year or almost 40 years, you are each intimately involved with who we are, what we do, and how we do it. And therefore, each have unique perspective to bring to bear on these important strategic decisions. By the end of the week, we'll be emailing each of you to set up a time within the next few weeks when we can have a start-stop conversation, start-stop continue conversation about Gross and Marketing Group. And then we gave people guidelines on what this, what the assignment was, and how they could uh, work on it, and examples. But ultimately, what we explained was that the feedback we were going to get would help uh, help us develop a business plan for the future of our enterprise. And we sat down individually with every single employee at our, at our company. And those were some of the most uh, helpful conversations we've ever had. And what my brother and I tried to do is after we had these meetings, some ideas were very strategic and long-term oriented. Some were uh, kind of lower hanging fruit and quicker. And we tried to implement things quickly and iterate quickly uh, to establish the credibility of the, of the initiative, to, to show people that, that we actually were listening to their ideas and that we were actually taking, uh, making changes in the organization. And so that, that environment of listening to people and making people feel comfortable speaking their mind and sharing best practices was highly, highly important. And then just another sort of way in which we try to communicate to our non-family employees, they're significant to the organization. Um, we try to treat our colleagues to the best of our ability. We're not perfect. We certainly make plenty of mistakes, 
but we try to treat our colleagues the way we'd want our family members to be treated in a workplace. So we've invested in our, our colleagues, you know, health and well-being through, you know, really robust benefit packages. We've been offering paid family leave to our employees for many decades, um, you know, flexible work hours when it wasn't really in vogue. We've even done interest-free home loans for first-time home buyers, wow. you know, which get forgiven over, you know, once the employee remains with the firm for at least, you know, for a certain number of years. And, you know, we've been recognized for some of this in, you know, national publications, but it's all about treating people the way we'd want to be treated and the way we want our family members to be treated. And, and we learned a lot about this from our, from our, our, those who came before us. And, you know, we have one example that I, you know, if you, if I have a minute, I'd love to share, um, back about, um, I mentioned paid family leave that the company has been doing this for you know close to 40 years and, wow. mm -hmm. you know, more than 30 years ago at this point, uh, one of our employees was adopting a child and, uh, she came to our father and she said, you know, Steve, I hate to do this, but I have to tender my resignation. And our dad said, you know, why could you be possibly resigning? You know, you're such a valuable member of the team. And she said, well, I'm adopting a child and the adoption agency says I have to take six months off to be at home with the child for bonding. And I just won't be able to do my job for six months. And our dad said to her, not only am I not accepting your resignation and not only will your job be here six months from now, but we're going to pay you a hundred cents on the dollar for the six months that you're out. And, you know, that, that colleague who's now retired turned into one of our most successful sales and relationship <laughs> managers the company's ever had. Oh. And so clearly uh, the company got a great ROI on that investment, but more importantly, made an investment in her family and, um, and she ended up adopting another child, and built a wonderful family. And there's been a number of stories over time, especially under our, our dad's leadership. And we've tried to emulate that. Our dad uh, ran the business for a number of years. And then he actually left the business a little over 10 years ago. He ran for and was elected state treasurer of Massachusetts in 2010 and was elected uh, with a you know, bipartisan support, and which, which we were you know, quite proud of. And, uh, and he has continued to devote the rest of his career to uh, public service. So you know, my brother and I joke around that um, you know, the best succession plan kind of money can't buy is when you're... Uh, when the previous generation, the patriarch or the matriarch of the family gets 1.2 million votes and uh, you get a promotion. So, uh, but so he moved on and, and yeah. we took over the business younger than expected. You know, I took over, I was 30 and my brother was 34 yeah. when we became co-presidents. And so we, we sort of got thrown into the deep end quickly and we've, you know, had a great team and um, been able to benefit from, uh, you know, just the advice of our family members and our colleagues and, you know, our, our, our father as well. And I mean, my brother and I were, we're very fortunate to have a strong relationship where we're very different people and we have very complementary skill sets. Uh, we focus on different things in the organization, but, you know, ultimately our, our interests are very much aligned. We want the same thing and you know, we want to, uh, you know, build a strong business and have some su success and, you know, do well, but also, uh, have reasonable work-life balance so we can be present for yeah. our families and our kids and you know, coach things like Little League and be involved in our community. 
Oh, that's great. Well, I think I think the maybe the overarching thing you're talking about there is this thing called uh, sustainability. How do you how do you sustain something that was a vision uh, 111 years ago that uh, successfully transitions from generation to generation to generation? And there's certainly all kinds of books written on values, goals, vision. And as the generations goes on, a lot of a lot of that can be dropped. But so so you and your brother. Um, uh, you know, have been with the company for uh, uh, over ten years now. So, so how has your you and your brother and the other owners of the family business planned for the future uh, of your company after you and your brother are gone? Right. So, my brother just marked twenty years with the business, and I just I'm marking fifteen years actually over the weekend. I believe I oh happy uh, anniversary. Started. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so, and 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 we've been running the business for a little over ten. Um, so we have we're not going to put any pressure on the next generation. So our 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 grandfather Edgar, uh, his philosophy that he used to share with his with his kids, he said, you know. Business is always going to be here as an opportunity. You want to come into the business and want to work hard. The opportunity is there, but you should go do what your heart tells you to do. You should follow whatever your career path is and whatever you do, as long as it's something meaningful and productive. You know, he used to say, mom and I will be supportive. That's sort of what's been recounted to us by uh, the previous generation. When he says, mom, that's my grandmother, Shirley, who we're uh, blessed that, um, you know, she's still with us. And um, she's, you know, up until about a, a year or two ago was coming in twice a week. And I've had the you know, privilege of being able to sit with her and have lunch often. Um, so we plan to tell our children kind of the same way we were told our parents to follow our passions in life and not let financial implications dictate what you do in your life. You know, it's no coincidence that both my brother and I chose to come back into the business and you know, we viewed it as an opportunity to be entrepreneurial while also building on a multi-generational family legacy. You know, we're the great beneficiaries of some visionary business people who gave us this platform and you know, tried to harness to, you know, uh, to build on that legacy. But we don't want to pressure our kids. I have two kids, uh, my brother has four kids. And although if we're um, still healthy and alive and our, our, our kids are older and are interested in working with us, we'd certainly love to give them that opportunity but if they want to go into other fields, um, academia, the arts, finance, law, medicine, public service, what have you, we are going to do everything we can to uh, support them and try to help them become their best selves. Oh, that's great. That's great, Ben. Well, you talked about earlier about listening uh, to uh, uh, to your employees when you were doing the HR re uh, reviews and everything else. And uh, I, I know I've been told by many people is, is that you need to listen 80% of the time and talk 20. Uh, so being a good listener is a part of that. And so you've already uh, you've already expressed that that you and your brother do a good job of that. Um, I know at the Tennessee Center for Family Business, we usually like to say that there are really three elements that lead to family business success, and that's communications, communications, and communications. Uh, so, uh, uh, 
tell us just a little bit about the role of communications and specifically about transparency and communicating the good, the bad, and the ugly uh, at the Grossman Marketing Group? I, I love what you said about uh, 80% and 20%. So our, our, our dad, and I, I believe you learned this from uh, our grandfather, who used to say, you have two ears and one mouth, and you should try to use them in that proportion. <laughs> we try our best to to communicate with our colleagues in a clear and transparent way. I think that's probably something we could improve upon sometimes. It's sure. it's challenging because especially in a in these times in, uh, in which we're living mm -hmm. with business uncertainty, sometimes you want to shield your colleagues from some of that and kind of work it out and keep things smooth, but it's it is important for people to know how the business is doing, where they stand, um, and and understanding kind of what goes into different decisions that are made in the organization. So it's something we aspire to, it, but it's probably something we could be better at about communicating. It's interesting because up until uh, March of 2020, we were in the office together, headquartered in the, in the Boston area. We have several other locations around the country, mm -hmm. but we were all together. So it was yeah. easy to drop by someone's desk and, and chat with them face to face. Mm -hmm. And now we're leaning much more in technology and, yeah. you know, Zoom and Slack and other tools. It's not the same. We try our best, but it's no. not the same. No, so we look forward one day to be back, being back together, though uh, most likely in a much more flexible environment because our folks have really stepped up. I mean, they've been fantastic and resilient and uh, working re remotely and um, at, at, at the end of the day, we want people to be uh, the, their most productive and whether or not that's in the office or at their kitchen table or somewhere else, uh, we're good with that. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, let's, let's continue on just a little bit. Earlier on, you talked about the importance of uh, uh, customer service, but I know your great-grandfather, Maxwell, really serving the community was very important to him. And obviously, that's carried on since your father, uh, state treasurer uh, for Massachusetts. Uh, and I know so many uh, family businesses, I find their leaders are involved in various nonprofits in their communities, serving on, on uh councils, being mayors, all kinds of ways. Why, why does community service hold a special place in your family's business? It's just been something that, well, for, first off, thank you. It, it's a great summary, uh, Greg. Thanks a lot. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, what we've, you know, one of the elements of our family business about which we're most proud is that there's been a four-generation commitment to public service and investing in the communities in which we live and work. You know, as I, I mentioned, our, our great-grandfather, -grand Max, uh, was an immigrant from Eastern Europe and left school at an early age. You know, he said that, you know, as a young man, he set out to do four things with his life. You know, have a healthy family, educate his children, own his own business, and give something back to the community. Mm. You know, he never wanted his kids to forget the community in which they lived because to have healthy communities, he said, you had to, quote, invest back in them. And, um, you know, actually, he, he left the business in the early 40s 
he left what was then Massachusetts Envelope Company to serve his country in Washington, D.C. Mm. You know, he made the decision to uh, leave the business and serve under uh, President Franklin Roosevelt's administration oh, wow. as, a, as what was called a dollar-a-year man in the office of uh, price administration. We actually found a copy of his one dollar check uh, <laughs> that the um, you know that the that that he received from uh, the the U.S. Treasury, and you know he left the business uh, in the hands of his, uh, his his two sons, and and thus sort of began a second professional life as a public servant. And wow. um, what was so it was interesting then at the time the company sent out a letter to announce that, uh, you know, Max Grossman, who was the founder of the business, was moving on to serve uh, the president. And, um, and Edgar, you know, his son, my grandfather, was also leaving to join the armed forces. Oh, and, wow. and the headline of the letter, it said, we are proud of the company we keep. And back when our father was elected treasurer of Massachusetts, my brother David and I came across that letter from 1941, sort of sent chills because it was a letter about the about the father leaving the business to uh, go into public service and leaving the business in the hands of his two sons. And and when our father was elected uh, treasurer of Massachusetts in 2010, thus leaving the business, he was leaving the business in the hands of his two sons 70 years later. And, um, you know, we actually, we, we wrote a letter uh, to our, in, to our entire customer base, uh, uh, so vendors, business partners, constituents, and we enclosed the, that copy of that letter from 1941. It was actually issued the day after Pearl Harbor, in December 1941, with a letter from uh, me and my brother. We wrote the following in the letter. Over the last 70 years and four generations, our family and colleagues have worked hard to serve the needs of our clients, friends, families, and communities, both locally and nationally. We are proud to announce that our father, Steve, who has been the president of Massachusetts Envelope Company and Grosson Marketing Group for over 35 years, was sworn in last Wednesday as the treasurer and receiver general of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. As Max Grossman did 70 years ago, our fathers leaving the company in our hands, those of his two sons, we pledge to you as brothers and partners that we will continue to service your needs as we have for over 100 years while doing our part for our community, both locally and nationally. Wow, what a great story. Uh, uh, so much community service. I can see why uh, uh, your vision, your great grandfather's vision and uh, his commitment has continued to go generation, generation. So I look forward to seeing what's next for you. But so while we're on the subject of what's next, uh, what does the future look like for Grossman Marketing Group? So we've, we're continuing to try to grow and evolve the business. Uh, we've made a number of acquisitions in um, over the last decade, we've done about uh, nine uh, transactions. So we're trying to grow both organically as well as through acquisition, continue to grow our e-commerce uh, programs, continue to grow our branded merchandise uh, agency side of our business, and just continue to try to be good listeners and see where the markets are going and how they're evolving so that we can do our best to 
uh, stay current and remain relevant, you know, in an ever-changing environment. Oh, well, that's, that's great. Well, so I've got to ask the question, Ben, because I mean, the, just the history of community service, uh, what does the future look like for Ben? <laughs> you know, for me, I, I have two young kids. I'm, uh, we're active in the business. I'm uh, super passionate about the company and what we're trying to do. And I, you know, between, um, you know, between our family and between uh, our business and coaching Little League and uh, trying to be present <laughs> uh, for, for my family, Great. I have my hands full. But, um, <laughs> you know, but again, where I continue to be incredibly grateful and very humble, try to be humble about the, oper- the tremendous opportunity that I've been given uh, to be in this business and steward this business in our in our 111th year and hopefully beyond. Oh, that's great! That's great. Well, we're it's been fun, but we're 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 coming to the close of our our, our time together. What what are some closing thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners about about that might be encouraging to them in their work and their family business? That's a, that, that, that's a great question. So I, I think, and it comes to sort of next gen family members. Um, I, you know, folks who are considering joining their families in the business, uh, how can they best enter their business and be most effective? I, the, probably the most impactful piece of work I did at Columbia was in a class called Power and Influence taught by Frank Flynn, who's now a professor at Stanford. And for our final project, we had to, uh, we were asked to interview um, folks who were at the organizations that we were going to, to understand how we could successfully enter and build relationships and build sort of influence within that organization. So if you were going to do investment banking at JP Morgan, you would interview other bankers at JP Morgan to understand sort of the rules of the road. For me, it was a little bit different. I had to, I, I spoke with several alums who uh, went into their family businesses and also I interviewed my brother. And I'd say that the, you know, that the, you know, the, I was, I was given some feedback about uh, best way you could sort of earn credibility is to generate revenue because not only would you earn your credibility with uh, folks in sales, but you would also uh, show the folks inside the organization that you were trying to protect their jobs and you know, make them better off. And just, just one sort of last piece of advice that folks gave me was to really become an expert on the business so that when I came into the business, I could, you know, I'd be able to learn the business cold and, and I wouldn't express my opinion or speak up until I knew what I was talking about. Because as you enter a business, a family business, and you're part of that family, people are looking at you very closely about how you are going, how, you're, how you carry yourself and when you speak. And you want to ensure that when you speak, you're right. And I think just lastly, coming in and trying to be humble, you know, putting your head down. Uh, and, and showing you're willing to put in the work is is critical. You know, we talked about never taking anything for granted. And, you know, because although your business might have been successful when you were younger, uh, past success does not guarantee future success. 
and markets change and worlds change and you need to be flexible and nimble to try to react. And, you know, we've, we've been, we've, we've, we've done a, a bit of that. I think we could be a lot better, uh, but we're always trying to improve and, um, you know, every day and we're trying to constantly learn. And um, I think just lastly, just that advice about trying to be curious and constantly learn because there's such a big world out there. And um, if you are committed to that, your family business, it's great to try to listen and learn from the outside world to try to bring back those lessons so that you can improve the company and, you know, put the, you know, your family and your business on the best possible place to achieve success over the long term, as you mentioned, sort of a sustainable enterprise. And that's what we're mm -hmm. trying to do, but we know we could be a lot better at. So we're oh. always it's a it's a working process that's for sure it sure is well, well ben thank you for being my guest on the family of business today please accept our best wishes for continued success for you and for the grossman marketing group greg thank you so much for having uh, me with uh you know as a guest today i really enjoyed the conversation i, I love the questions um and i'm just excited to continue to follow along with this incredibly important work that you do and the content you put out there. And it's been an honor for me to uh, yeah. spend a, spend a little bit with you this morning. Oh, thank you, Ben. Well, to learn more about Ben Grossman and his family business, Grossman Marketing Group, visit their website at www.bengrossman.info. Yep, that's exactly right. Bengrossman.info is my personal website and grossmanmarketing.com is our company's website. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it very much. To our listeners, thank you for joining us for the Family Business Day podcast, brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business, located in Nashville, Tennessee. Our passion is to help families create a positive environment where the family thrives, the business performs, and working together, create a lasting family legacy. Whether you're a business owner looking to grow your family business, or you're wanting to prepare to someday sell or transition the business to the next generation, check out our free resources on our website at www.tncfb.com. If you want to talk to a family business advisor about your specific family business needs, schedule a 30-minute no-cost call by sending us an email to info at tncfb.com. If you want to talk, we will listen. Until next time, thanks for joining us.